Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. Do you ever feel like you're running your life on a, on a bit of a treadmill? I know I have, sometimes I still do, and, and it's, I think our culture kind of feeds into that, where the culture that we live in really would say, do much, you know, accomplish much, uh, stay busy. You know, you ask sometimes, you ask somebody, how are you doing? You ever gotten the response, I'm busy? You're like, I don't know what to say to that. Like, great. Sorry? Like, what's the answer, right? Like, you don't know really how to answer that question, because I, I think our culture drives us to that, but I'm not really sure that's God's intention for our lives. I'm really not. And uh, one of the things I think was a benefit of things coming to a screeching halt in March is it allowed people to reevaluate their lives in ways they probably could not in the midst of just trying to get everything done and staying on that treadmill and running and running and running. And, and you know, I, I actually encourage people, hey, in this time, reevaluate. What are those things you're going to choose to add back to your life? And, uh, but as you were making those decisions, and, and Shelly and I have had those conversations and continue to have them, you know, because things are, are reopening, things are reengaging, and, and we're trying to figure out what are those things that we should add back into our lives, what is really meaningful, uh, what provides purpose, what is really God's idea? And that's, that's really the question, because as you were making those decisions, and, and I hope that you were making those decisions, were you allowing culture to inform those decisions, or were you allowing God's word to be your guide? That's what I'd like to ask this morning, and, and because what we find is you read through God's Word, and if you were here a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Jesus and Scripture, and, and we found that God's Word is our guide. It actually has a lot to say about the way that we live our lives, and, and so this morning, what I'd like to do is, is get into a passage uh, that helps us with Jesus and serving, which is one of those things that we find is important in God's kingdom. This opportunity we have to enter into the kingdom and to serve others through it. Uh, so if you have God's Word, and I hope you do, hey, I hope you've got God's Word with you today, we're going to get into a passage today that helps us to identify there's a very important quality in living in God's kingdom that we should make sure we continue to add. And part of where this comes from, it surprised me as we were in a series in the summer on Love Your Neighbors, and we were talking about loving our neighbors in need. And so I interviewed uh, a couple of different organizations, Lafayette Urban Ministry, Food Finders, and Trinity Mission all making an incredible difference in greater Lafayette area. And one of the things that surprised me is they had made the comment that they've really struggled to see volunteers re-engage. And I thought, well, that's interesting. As we're making decisions about things to add back into our lives, my prayer is we don't forget the opportunity we have to serve others. It's an opportunity we have. So now we're going to take a look at Mark chapter 10. So I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 35. And we're going to go through verse 45. The reason we stand for God's word is to remind us that these are God's word to us, his guide that we can follow to step into the life he's prepared for us. So verse 35, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. It's an interesting way to approach Jesus, by the way. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? What a gracious Lord we serve. He just asked, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand, one at your left in your glory. 
Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to him, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall, be not, it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. So last week, we continued in our Better Together series with a message on Jesus and missions. The week before that, as I've already shared, we talked about Jesus and Scripture. And, and the week before that, Jesus and the good news of the kingdom. And I would still love to encourage you, if you did not hear those messages, if you were not here for those, maybe today's your first Sunday. We're, we're in a, year, a year-long series on Better Together, but the framework by which we'll, we'll look at all of those messages we're going to get into starting today is those as our foundation, those three messages. So please go back, listen to those. You can find them at connectionpointchurch.org on our podcast. And what you find, the, the very brief summary of what were three very long messages, <laughs> the brief summary is, is that we have a king. We live in a kingdom. God's word is our guide, and we have a mission to fulfill. And if you understand just even that very basic framework, it should help provide some purpose and meaning to the life in which you're living and better understand what it looks like to live as a follower of Jesus. So I encourage you, do that. Go, go back and listen to those that are foundation, because then what we really will do for the next 10 months is now look at as people who have a king, as people who live in a kingdom, as people who have a mission to fulfill, with God's word as our guide, how do we live in God's kingdom? That's what we're going to look at. And, and today we find a couple of different things in the passages that we're in. What we find is, is we live in God's kingdom by having honest conversations with Jesus. I love that we have a king of whom we can have honest conversations with. Like, you don't have to hold anything back. God knows the disciples didn't, right? Look at what James and, 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 and John ask him. So that every time, I will say this, as we go through this, these messages this year, as we look at each passage, so what we're going to do differently than if you were here uh, the last couple of years at Connection Point Church, I took three years to go through the book of Luke. So we have gone through Luke, verse by verse, everything. And so the nice thing in doing that is then you always know the context of the passage you're in. So the challenge is, is when you, you approach a series like this, we're going to look at individual passages, but you always have to look at where does this passage fit in the rest of God's word? If we're going to understand it for all that it's worth, we first have to understand where does our passage this morning fit in the context of Scripture. And what we find in our passage from this morning is Jesus has just given instruction to the twelve. They're on their way to Jerusalem. He's told them, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go. I'm going to be put on trial. I'm going to be sentenced to death. I'm going to die on a cross. I'm going to rise from the dead. And then we have our passage. Look at the verses that we're in. So it says, we are going up to Jerusalem. So if you look at verse 33, so just back up a couple of verses. I, I want us to understand the context because it really matters in the conversation that James and John are having. 
Jesus says, we're going up to Jerusalem. He's telling the 12. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. And here's our verse. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come to him and say, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Is anybody else like blown away by that context? I'm going to die. Jesus, we'd like you to do something for us. Like, how does that happen? Like, so Jesus, think about this moment. The moment that's about to happen. It's going to be the greatest moment in all of human history. The moment when Jesus conquers sin, death, and the devil. The moment he offers his life as a ransom for ours. The moment he rescues us from the domain of darkness and makes a way for us to enter the kingdom of God. The moment he breaks the power that sin has on our lives. He says, that's what I'm about to go do. And disciples are like, great. So we'd like you to do something for us. Like, what in the world? I don't understand this. Jesus tells the disciples he's about to get killed, rise from the dead, and all James and John can think about is who gets to sit next to Jesus at the lunch table. What's wrong? I don't get it. So if you don't understand, you've got to go back. Jesus and the good news of the kingdom. I explain. First century Jews, they know that the day of the Lord is coming that there's about to enter in this time of God's rule and they're waiting for God to show up in this massive way. And then all they get is Jesus and they don't know what to do with that. But James and John, they're still thinking about that. They have that in mind. And, and two, Jesus has told them, if you go to Matthew chapter 19, you understand the context. What he shared with them is he says, look, you guys are gonna be on 12 thrones ruling the 12, 12 tribes of Israel. So I think part of what's happening here is the disciples, they don't know what to do with what Jesus is telling them. And so all they can defer back to is, but we know he's going to like set up his kingdom and we're going to be on 12 thrones, so let's just go that route. That's what they're thinking. All they can think about in this moment is what's on their heart, what's on their mind, and what Jesus can do for them. They want to become great, to be leaders in an earthly kingdom. And so part of what this passage shows us today is we have to be very careful we don't turn following Jesus into something about us. We've got to be very careful. As we follow Jesus, we don't turn it into something just about us. Because it turns out, as we see this passage, and so many others, that's actually our human default. It's easy to walk with Jesus and make it about us, about our agenda, about what we want, how we want it, and the way that we want it. It's really easy to do that. We can become so self-focused in our thinking, we can actually miss the bigger picture of what God's doing. Did you hear me on that this morning? If we're not careful, this is really important this morning, we become so self-focused in our thinking, we actually miss the bigger picture of what God's doing. I think about that right now. If we're not careful, we become so self-focused on the things that we maybe want, maybe to go back to some kind of normal, I think we can miss maybe the bigger picture of what God's doing. And I say this in the context of, and I'm going to actually cover this in a minute. In, in the last three weeks, if you were here for the, the previous three Sundays, we saw 28 people water baptized. That's awesome. And part of that, I really believe, comes from it. And, and the last person I baptized last Sunday, he summarized it so well. And asking, why does he want to be water baptized? What's he say? I just can't do it anymore. We cannot bear the weight of our own lives. We were never meant to. You ever felt that way? I can't do it anymore. 
Good news is you were never supposed to. God is meant to be in your life. You're meant to live in his kingdom. And he's the one that then secures your life. And so I do believe increasingly God is waking up people's hearts to realize this in the midst of all that we're in. And if we're not careful, we become selfish in the way that we want to live our lives, not realizing God's at work. He's doing good things. And we see that in this passage this morning. I mean, think about this. Jesus is about to die to set all of humanity free from the power that evil has over our lives. And all the disciples can think about is who gets to sit next to Jesus in all of his glory. It is so easy to make our religious experience all about us. Not realizing when we choose to follow Jesus, what we're doing is we're saying, Jesus, I choose to lay down my life. I choose to no longer follow my kingdom agenda. I choose to pledge allegiance to you to forgo all other allegiances I have created. I choose to accept you as king of my heart and to advance your kingdom. That's what we're saying when we say, Jesus, I want to follow you. It can be so easy to come into a place like this, to, to come into our overflow rooms, to, to tune in online from our living rooms. And if we're not careful, we come in thinking about only what we need. Now, I want to say up front, is it wrong to think about the things we need? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's just that that can't be the only reason we've gathered in person or online. It can't be the sum of what we're all about. Jesus came for more than just to meet our needs. I want you to know this morning. Did Jesus come? Can he meet your needs? Absolutely. Old Testament name for God, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. God can provide for our needs. But can I also tell you, he came for so much more. So much more. He came to give you life to the full, Jesus says. And I will say this. It turns out life to the full might look different than we thought. It might be found in a different way than what our culture would tell us. Our culture would say, indulge yourself. You know, it's the your way right away. You know, we're marketed to become consumers. And unfortunately, what sometimes happens is, is we carry that mindset into a church setting. That doesn't work. That's not the way we live in God's kingdom. But I also want to say, it is so good to have honest conversations with Jesus so that he can work things out in our lives. So when we talk about living in the kingdom, how do we do it? Have honest conversations. Ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, I want you to do this for me. But then I also want us to hear whatever Jesus has to say. Because Jesus gives some instructions. He is so gracious. What does he say to James and John? You don't know what you're asking. You don't know what you're asking. As we have honest conversations with Jesus, he has the ability to instruct us, to help us understand that there are times we really don't know what we're asking. I want to give you an example of that this morning. If you've walked with Jesus for any length of time, how many here would say, I am thankful Jesus has not answered all of my prayers? Praise you, Lord! You know, you pray things like when you're a kid and you've got two older sisters. Jesus, take them out. <laughs> but I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> Man, Nicole, I love you. Don't watch this message. <laughs> But it's, we know this. We know that we pray for things, and sometimes we really don't know what we're asking, right? We really don't, because we don't have always the bigger picture. We don't know the end goal. We don't know the end game, but God does. I want you to have the confidence this morning that God as your creator knows best. 
He knows what he's designed you for, and he's a good father, and he wants to help you get there. He really does. As you follow Jesus, you've got to know that God absolutely knows what's best for our lives. And I will say this, that oftentimes as you follow him, you'll find out he has something totally different in mind for us. He just does. But yet when you follow him, what you'll find is as you trust God in his ways, in his plans, in his agenda, his path comes with its own blessings and its own grace. Every time, every time, I cannot tell you how many times Shelly and I have seen this in our own lives. We've actually talked about this a lot in the last couple of months. What, Jesus? Sudan? So if you don't know, Shelly and I spent time overseas. Sudan? That doesn't make sense. Like, who would take a one-year-old to Sudan? God says, I'd like you to. Okay, whatever, God. I'm not sure, but we'll trust you. The West Bank? Muslims? All right, God, whatever. West Lafayette, Indiana? <laughs> All of you are like, what's wrong with that? We don't know anybody in all of Indiana. I knew two people, and they live in Indianapolis. All right, God, not sure, but I trust you. God's path, I want you to be confident in this this morning. It always comes with its own blessings and grace. Always. Now, I will also say, sometimes those blessings actually can be uncomfortable because part of what God has to do in our lives, especially if you're on the front end of things, is he has to strip things from our lives that we don't realize we've, we've maybe put up here so that Jesus can now be up here and he can be our treasure. So as we follow Jesus, I, I don't want you to think that those blessings are just always comfortable. Sometimes they're uncomfortable, but then you look back on them and you're like, what a blessing that was. The way that God worked that out, God leads us. What is he doing? He's leading us to the place of finding our lives. I shared this a couple of weeks ago. He's trying to help us to find the life that he, as our creator, always intended for us. God's word says that he's prepared good works for us to enter into. That's amazing. I think we should choose to enter into those. And so Jesus tells James and John, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism with which I'm going to be baptized? And what do they say? Absolutely. No idea. But of course, what are they thinking? I can drink Jesus's cup, you know, and, and I can be water baptized. They don't understand what he's talking about because he's going to Jerusalem is the drink and the baptism is suffering and crucifixion. They have no idea. They're, they have no idea. They don't understand. And so they don't really understand. I will say this too, because as Jesus is explaining these things, I think they probably don't know themselves all that well. But I also think we probably don't know ourselves all that well. I, I think God could help us better understand who we are and the plans he has for us. And I think it would serve us well to consider that Jesus knows what's best for our lives, that we can sometimes be too short-sighted to understand the bigger picture of what he's putting together with our lives. So as we have our honest conversations with Jesus, I just, we get to. So let me say this, have honest conversations, but make sure that as you're talking with Jesus that you're also listening to and see what he has to say as you talk honestly with him. Because what he's trying to lead us in is abundant living, 
instead of simply trying to help us make our own way. I thought about this this morning. Maybe some of you are here in this room, or in our overflow rooms, or, or at home, and, and maybe you're asking God to do something for you right now. And you get a sense his answer is no. And so then the question for you to answer this morning is, as you receive a no answer, are you willing to trust God in it? Are you willing to trust God? It might seem plain to you that, that what you're asking really is the best way, that it's what you need, but God knows best. God knows best. Have honest conversations with Jesus, but at the same time, make sure you're allowing him to honestly speak to your heart too and follow his path. It's always better because we live in God's kingdom by having honest conversations with Jesus and allowing him to point out the condition of our heart. That's part of what he's doing in those conversations and to then lead us in the path he has for us. But we also live in God's kingdom as servants. It's part of what we see in this passage this morning. We live in God's kingdom. So what are we doing? We're talking about we live better together in the kingdom of God. We really do. And as we live better together, we need to understand how we live in that kingdom. And, and one of those things we see is that we live as servants. Because Jesus goes on to explain to James and John, but really all 12 of the disciples, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, the, the culture in, in which we, we live in, I, I've mentioned it trains us to live as consumers, not contributors. But in God's kingdom, we've got to learn to become servants of all, Jesus says. So then the question becomes, are we living in God's kingdom or our own? These are things that we have to evaluate all along the way this year. I mean, think about this. Of all the inhabitants of earth, past and present, if ever there was a, per a person worthy of being served, it was the king of kings. It was Jesus. But he didn't come for that. He came to serve, to give his life away. He came to free us from sin and the death penalty that it requires. And now what we do, so all we're doing is we live in the kingdom. We accept the invitation. We live in the kingdom. All we're doing is following our role model, Jesus. That's it. You see, we are meant to do for others what Jesus has done for us to lay down our lives, our agendas, our self-serving nature so that others might experience the freedom that we get to enjoy. That's what we're doing. We do for others because of what Jesus has done for us. That's what Christian service is. So where does that come out of? It comes out of a place of gratitude. Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. Help me do that for others too. Because why does this matter? Because in so doing, as we do this, what are we doing? We're giving our lives away in exchange for those who are being held hostage to sin. You ever thought about that? When you serve, you're giving your life away, but not for without a reason. The reason is, is so that others can be free too. Because right now, they're held hostage. If they're not in God's kingdom, they're bound. I shared that in the last three weeks, we got to see 28 people baptized. So three weeks ago, Jesus and the good news of the kingdom, 20 people baptized up here. That was awesome. And then two weeks ago, so last week, we, uh, we baptized seven here. So we had four that had asked about being baptized, three that came up that day. And here's what was cool. We went home that evening and uh, one of our church members, they, they texted with a picture to say, we, we couldn't get to service in person today, so we were watching online. 
and one of our sons, in watching the service and response, wanted to be baptized. So his dad took him to the hot tub in the back and baptized him at home. Isn't that awesome? I love that. So when you think about 28 people water baptized, here's what I was thinking about this week. And who got to be a part of that? You want to know who got to be a part of that? Think about the one that was at home. Our production team got to be a part of that. Could they have watched that service without them? No. Our production team got to be a part of that boy making that decision to be water baptized. Isn't that awesome? Who else gets to be a part? Our guest services was a part of those other 27, and really they were here on other weeks before, so 28. Guest services, welcoming people at the door, helping people find direction on where to go, pointing people where to go to be water baptized. Our guest services, people like Tim Gilliland and, and Beth Nagel, they got to be a part of those water baptisms. People in our kids' areas, all of those that are serving with our kids so that their adults, their parents could be in this setting. And some of those kids that are back in those kids' spaces wound up here being water baptized. All of our kids' teachers, they got to be a part of those water baptisms. People on our prayer team, they got to be a part of those water baptisms. All the people you see serving, they all got to be a part of those water baptisms. And that is what it is in the kingdom of God. We have collectively a mission to fulfill. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. But together, this is why we're better together, we can see it done. We need to grab a hold of that this morning. You are meant to be listed in the army of servants of Connection Point Church that are seeing God's kingdom advance. You're meant to be on that list. You're meant to be a part of that. And I would ask this, why would you not want to be a part of that? You are seeing lives changed forever because of it. If this is your church, I just want to put before you today, you have a place of service here. One of the challenges, uh, as I mentioned, organizations have faced in the past six months is one of seeing volunteer shortage. And we're, we're no exception to that. People have, in large part, in our society right now, they've stopped serving. But I don't think that's a healthy thing. I don't think it's good for the organizations. I don't think it's good for the, organiza- the people that those organizations serve. And I don't think it's good for those people who were serving. We're not made for that. We're made to actually lay down our lives for others, following the example of our King of Kings. So I would put before you this morning, you've got a place of service here somewhere. And you're invited to be a part of the incredible work that God's doing. We live in God's kingdom as servants. We really do. But we also live in God's kingdom by losing our lives. So I shared in our message about the good news of the kingdom. How Jesus shows us how we enter the kingdom. We, we find in Mark chapter 8, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake in the gospel will save it. That's how we enter. That's how we live in the kingdom. We live in it through denial of self. We live in God's kingdom by overthrowing the rule of Satan in our lives. Jesus does that work. We just accept the invitation. And I would say this, part of how we do that is we serve others. Because it's not innate. Some people do have, as a part of their personality, this desire to serve. But for a lot of us, that's just not the way that we're wired. So we actually have to push against what culture would say is a self-serving nature and say, I'm going to serve and break the hold that the enemy has on my life. If you want to make sure you've aligned yourself with Jesus, and not with the kingdom of this age, we've got to learn how to lay down our lives for others, how to lose our lives. And the way we do that, simple way to do that, one of the ways is serving others. The only ones who are going to find their lives, we find in this passage in Mark 8, are those who are willing to lose it. 
And I, and I mentioned before, it's not that we go about trying to lose our lives in search of another one. No. What we do is we lose our life, we give up our attempts to control everything, and we wake up one day and we realize, I found it. God found it for me. We realize we can absolutely trust Jesus, and God does it. He helps us find the life that we've always been looking for but didn't know that's what we were missing. You can't find your life on your own through our own achievements, through our own accomplishments, or pursuing our own agendas. It doesn't work that way. No, we find our lives by losing them, laying them down, serving God's agenda, and we wake up and realize one day he's done it. He's done it. He's found our lives for us. And so you're invited today. What are you, what's the invitation? You're invited to find your life today. That's really what it comes down to. You're invited to start pursuing God's agenda with your life, to enter into the good works he's prepared for you as your creator. And in so doing, you help set other people free. If God has done it for us, why wouldn't we want to do it for others? Why wouldn't we want to? It's just out of a place of gratitude. And here's what you're going to find along the way. I love this part of following Jesus and serving with others. What you'll find along the way as you enter into that space of serving is you find new friendships you never thought you'd have. You really do. I think about, we have a first Friday prayer meeting here from 6.30 to 10.30, and, and in the last hour of prayer this month, we were, we were praying, and it was interrupted as our music team headed out in the hallway, and we found out one of the toilets had overflowed. That's fun. Okay, so we're going to pray in a different way now. So I grabbed a couple of the guys that were here, or they grabbed me, and, and we went in here and cleaned up. So if you go to my Instagram, I should have brought the picture this morning and stuck it on the screen. But what was fun is I, we snapped a picture of, I'm holding a plunger, and uh, those guys are holding vacuums and other things. But what's awesome as I look at that picture, I think about the guys in that picture of whom I didn't know four years ago. I didn't know them at all. And now our kids play sports together, and, and my kids jump up in a combine with one of them, and I say help farm, but God knows kids don't help. They like, distract, right? I mean, it's, but at the same time, it's awesome. I love the picture of how God gives us things as we serve. He gives you friendships. He gives you new purpose, new hope, because we're promised in God's kingdom a new life. And part of that comes through serving. So my encouragement for you this morning is this. Find your life by serving others. Find your life by serving others. You're not going to find it on your own. God will help you find it. So on Main Street this morning, what do we have? You probably saw it as you walked in. We've, we've got this serve sign there. And we've got very simple opportunities right now. We basically have three, three things going at Connection Point Church right now. We've got life groups. So some of you are already serving as life group leaders. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. That's, it. That's incredibly important right now because the way you get through crisis is together. And so I thank you for being willing to serve as a life group leader. So that's one thing. Another thing we have going on is food pantry. On Tuesdays, we're continuing to serve the needs of people in our area. The only uh, food pantry in West Lafayette that serves all people is here. We're it. So I think it's important we keep going after it, right? So I encourage you, sign up and be part of that on Tuesdays if you've got the time for that on Tuesdays. But the other things, on Sunday morning, so that's it. Sunday morning, food pantry on Tuesdays and life groups. So Sunday morning, music and production, who got to be a part of those baptisms. Kids, who got to be a part of those baptisms. Those are places of service and guest services. So my encouragement today is for you to find your life by serving others. Find your life by serving others. And those are easy ways to make that happen. Now, I want you to look at your watch. And here's what's really good news. Andrew Farmer, our production director, didn't think I could do it. Andrew Farmer, he's actually sick today, so he's watching online. 10.59, buddy. We did it. We've had some long services. 
So what I, here's why you have the time. So I will say this. If you've got kids in the kids' areas, please don't pick them up. They are not ready for you. So we're going to dismiss you in a moment. We're going to dismiss you out to Main Street to be able to sign up. And if you don't want to sign up there, because maybe there's, there's a crowd of people there, if you just go online at connectionpointchurch.org and you go to, there's three bars, you can sign up to serve online. All of those opportunities are there. You can put in the information. So I will say this, if you're a part of our online audience this morning, and maybe you're not re-engaging in person yet, so maybe you can't help with our food pantry or Sunday morning services, but there's other ways to serve. If you go online, you can help us with social media. You can help us with other ways. So lots of opportunities to sign up online. Go and look for that so that you can get to know others in this congregation. I will say this, part of being involved in a congregation is knowing the people that are a part of that congregation. That's hard to do on a Sunday morning like this. But if you're serving alongside others, that's how you get to know others here. So I encourage you to do that. So you can sign up and be a part of guest services. Guest services are those people that help seat people, help greet people at the door. Um, They help in a lot of different ways. They help serve in our overflow rooms. So if you're a person that loves to greet people, it's a great place to serve. Our kids. So we've got kids security, of which we've had a lot of people not return for that yet. And so I would encourage you, be a part of helping us keep our kids secure in the spaces in which they're in. Or you can be one of our kids' teachers or teacher assistants. Lots of ways to serve. So even if you serve with kids, that doesn't mean you're going to teach there. Say, I'm uncomfortable teaching. That's okay. If you love kids and want to serve them and help them to follow Jesus too, lots of ways that you can do that in our kids' areas. But no matter where you find a place to serve, I just encourage you, serve. Uh, You guys, if you were here last month, Dr. Ose, my seminary advisor, was, was here, and he talked about the Holy Spirit. And in class when he was teaching... One of his osisms was back to it. He basically would teach, you know, classes are long, so he'd kind of go off on a tangent and have like a commercial break, and then he'd say, back to it, which is our signal of back to taking notes because we're back in the content. And I kind of thought about that this morning as it relates to serving others, because as we reopened our spaces in July, and people in guest services and kids' areas and other places were starting to sign people up to help, help us reopen, because the only way that the church is open is volunteers. A church is a volunteer organization because we're meant to be an army of servants. We're not a small band of superheroes here. That doesn't work that way. All of us working together makes it happen. And, and as our volunteer directors were signing people up, what they found, like one area, guest services, where they had like 24 names of people that had served before, four were saying, yep, I'll come back and, and be a part of that. Now, again, no pressure for those that are still at home and, and battling with other things or health issues. That's not what we're saying. But if you're here, my encouragement is, Let's be a part of doing this together. Why wouldn't you want to be a part of seeing people enter the kingdom of God? You're meant to be a part of that work. So my encouragement is be a part of that work. Push back against the culture we live in. Don't be a consumer. Become a contributor and watch as you enter into the new life Jesus prepared for you. That's what we do. So don't pick up your kids. They won't be ready until at least 1115. If you want to visit with people in here, do that. Visit with people in the overflow rooms. That's okay too. You can visit with people on Main Street, but otherwise... Check out a space online to sign up. Visit with one of our directors to be able to sign up too. I'm going to invite you to stand as we dismiss this morning. You have a place of service in the kingdom. You really do. And our heart is to help you find that. So don't feel like as you sign up this morning, like that's what you're locked in for for life. We don't do that. Our heart is, is that you find a way to serve and attend. So right now, we usually do a serve one, attend one when we have two services. We don't have that right now. So really, all we're trying to set up is an opportunity. Maybe you serve one Sunday and you attend one Sunday. But we'd like that for all of our volunteers. Some have been serving every Sunday since July. But I'm confident we can do better than that. Right? I think we can do better than that. I know that we can create a schedule where we both serve and attend. We're all blessed. 
and we're all a part of seeing God advance his kingdom. So let me pray over that this morning before we depart. Jesus, we just thank you that you give us this incredible invitation to both enter your kingdom, but to then help others enter too. And so God, I pray that we accept that invitation this morning. I pray, Jesus, that we would find our lives by serving others. And in so doing, Jesus, I pray that we enter into the good works you prepared for us. I pray that we get to know others that we're serving alongside with. Lord, friends that we, we never thought we'd have. Purpose that we didn't know was there. A hope that hadn't yet been found. I pray, Jesus, that you help us enter into the new life you've prepared for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.